Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Finished Podcast Radio Show, coming to you on this Saturday afternoon. And I want to get this episode out because I've had an extremely busy the last probably 15, 16 days in a row. I feel like I've all it's kind of blurred uh, together. Our work stuff is kind of accelerating here as we head into uh, the end of the year, and we have a lot of stuff coming down the pipe. And with that said, reminder, our 50 Days of Fitness Challenge is kicking off here on November the 11th. I'm not trying to sell anybody on it, but it's basically just helping people finish the year with positive habits, rituals, and routines rolling into 2020. Oftentimes, we see people crush it uh, most of the year. And then when the holiday season kicks in, around that you know, kind of 50-day mark between you know Thanksgiving and Christmas, uh, they tend to pack on a little bit of extra weight and not uh, the, the quality kind. You know, some people say it's, you know, seven to ten pounds. Some people say it's, you know, three to five pounds of fat. Either way, um, it's probably not ideal because we typically are traveling. Uh, we're eating more. We are moving less. You know, all the holiday stuff and things you get roped into. So this challenge is essentially just to help you guys be mindful of your schedule. Really pick your spot. Still have time with friends and family. And I share all the stuff that we do. Uh, and how I, you know, overeat and kind of, you know, fast and feast and train around that. So if you're interested in our 50 Days of Fitness Challenge, shoot me a DM on Instagram, Facebook, send me an email, reply to the podcast uh, on Anchor, wherever you guys want to connect, email me. Um, I'll give you a podcast discount code for being a, you know, faithful listener here. and We'll get you guys rocking and we'll, we'll roll. We'll do all the workout stuff you'll get. We'll talk about food and really just the, the healthiest way you probably can do the end of the year. Because like you guys, I'm, I'm a normal human. Uh, I am very flawed, and uh, I used to tank it during the holidays as well. And not that I don't in- enjoy myself and indulge and pick my spots with family, but I don't turn it into you know Thanksgiving is one day. I don't turn into to six days of shitty eating. I don't you know drink on Wednesday night. I don't you know go crazy on Thursday and then Friday and Saturday and Sunday and then maybe get back to my normal routine on Monday. I just enjoy Thanksgiving Day for what it is. I do the same thing with Christmas and New Year's and, and any holiday stuff we go to. I'm very tactical and mindful, and that's what we help you guys do as well. So if you're interested, uh, holler at me. And with that said, my good man Tommy Baker had put out a great piece on basically 17 you know, kind of hard-fought lessons you learn along the way when you're running a business and you know creating a transformation for yourself and whether you're the leader of an organization or you're a linchpin uh, in a company you work for and I thought I could connect these to just you know 17 tips to keep things moving in the right direction or 17 tips to keep making progress I will title it whatever we title it you'll see it on iTunes when it pops up but I thought these were powerful and obviously you know Tommy and I have had him on the podcast him and I go way back he's put out a lot of good stuff uh, but I wanted to share these with you guys, especially for you out there who are looking to make a transformation, whether it be in your relationship, in your business, uh, with your finances, with your physical body in terms of how you eat, how you train. There are certain things that are just tried and true. And these are, you know, would be the 17 kind of commandments to keep things moving in the right direction, especially when you're just starting out and things might not be going that way. So I'm going to kind of go down the list here, uh, put them in my own words and, and give it to you guys and hopefully a way if you find yourself either, you know, failing to launch, if you find yourself at a crossroads, whether it be, you know, career relationship or, or body, I think these are all tried and true things that can help with any transformation, regardless of the arena uh, you're in right now. So again, 
take them as you will and apply them to your life you know as best as possible so with that said 17 kind of hard-fought tips and lessons to keep things moving and helping you create the life that you want you know in a life that you wake up every single day and that you're just completely jacked uh, to go out and live and get to do the things that you get to do so without further delay number one there is never a right time to make a bold move do it now or you may talk yourself out of it i'll repeat that one more time quick as we kick off there is never a right time to make a bold move do it now or you may talk yourself out of it now if you guys who know me i'm very much a you know ready shoot aim person i don't uh procrastinate very often i i tend to pull the trigger rather quickly on most decisions and things and i kind of sort out the mess from there uh it's worked for me and i do know if i sit on something too long and i overanalyze it and i i try to make it perfect and i i just overthink it and if you know how how your brain reacts like you know the limbic brain sometimes you just have a gut feeling right like where you just you know it's the right thing and maybe you don't have all the science and the data and, and the backing to to prove it's the right decision at the time so you might have people around you who talk you out of a certain decision but if you feel it in your gut in your heart of hearts and you know it's right just make a bold move man and let the chips fall where they may now you have to live with the consequences of that action so if ever, if all your friends are telling you it's a completely stupid decision and you're wrong for it there there might be something to that but more often than not i think that our guts uh really kind of know in, in your heart you know your brain and your heart communicate the limbic brain makes a choice and then we just kind of roll with it it's worked out for me uh, more often than not obviously you know there is if there is data and there is analytics to back that gut decision then more power to you guys but i think there's a lot of people out there who overly critical especially people who post on social media oh what will my mom think what will my friends think will people judge me the answer is uh Yes, they'll judge you. And a side note, who gives a shit? It really doesn't matter. Do what you want to do and make the decision. That'll be my takeaway. Number two, passion, enthusiasm, and energy will get you started. Commitment keeps you going. This is 100% true. There's a lot of people I see who start in fitness, especially making a physical transformation. They're passionate, they're enthused, and they're high energy. And that gets them going. But the dedication and the commitment is what keeps people moving in the right direction. And it's the consistency of it. I'm not overly impressed by people who eat really well and train hard for six months. I mean, respect. It's tough to do. You're making a behavioral change and a pattern change. But it's the people who can do it for three years, five years, eight years, 10 years, 15 years, and beyond. It's the people who are committed to it. And they understand it's a lifestyle change. It's the consistency that matters most. It doesn't matter if you go work out for two hours a day for 20 days in a row. Can you work out for 30 minutes every other day for the next 20 years? That commitment to consistency is where the real change happens. So I'm all for people being hyped up and enthused and jacked and having high energy. And I get that a lot with people who message me, hey, I'm going to start a a podcast. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to start a business. I'm like, that's awesome. What do you want it to look like 10, 15, 20 years from today? Are you willing to be as committed and as consistent at year number 11 as you are in year number one? And very few people are. I've been in this space a long time, you guys. My first training cert was in 2005. We are coming up on 2020. That's 15 years. I've been on my own for almost 11 years now. It is a long time, and I can say this to you. I am just as committed and consistent today, if not more so, than I was on week number one when I started this. 
Now, I might not <laughs> have as much energy uh, outwardly, but internally I do. I work harder now than I did the first week I was in business, and I don't think a lot of people can say that, especially when they get into something. A lot of people get discouraged. Uh, they pull back, and they can't keep it moving. So for you out there, if you want to make a real transformation, get hyped, get enthused, be inspired up front, but understand it's the commitment to consistency over time that's going to separate you from everybody else. Can you be the last man standing in the room? That's the question. Number three, fear and self-doubt are normal. If you don't have these, you're not thinking big and bold enough. And I believe this to be true as well. I, you know, I am a, a reluctant entrepreneur. There's actually a book out there you guys could read. It's called Reluctant Entrepreneur. That's how I've done things. I think from the outside people, you might see things, oh, I take big risks. And I guess it's true, but I always do it reluctantly. And I do it with a, you know, worst case scenario. If the world went black, can I cover my ass? That's kind of how I do things. And I think if you're going to do anything in life that's not in the middle ground, right? I don't think those people are remembered. The people who kind of live in that middle space, they're not going to make a decision. They don't want to ruffle feathers. They're not going to be who they really want to be. They're just trying to kind of please everybody. Those people aren't remembered. Those people are forgotten. Those aren't the ones who change cultures. Those aren't the ones who have the biggest impact on the world. And when you put yourself out there, when you're being you know true and authentic and you're really going to make a, a big, bold, brash decision, you're going to be scared shitless at times. You're going to have self-doubt. You're going to have fear. I, I would be lying to you today if I said when I had, I've had one corporate job my whole life. That was it. I was an academic advisor. That was my job. I remember when I walked out of the building the last time to my car, you know, kind of scared shitless. Like, I don't know. I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And I would wake up sometimes on a Tuesday and have so much anxiety and be like, I, I'm awake. Um, because I can't sleep, because I'm nervous, but I don't even know what I should do. And I think that's kind of natural. And if you're not nervous about things and have a little bit of fear and self-doubt, I really don't think you care about it. It's kind of like how we get nervous for sports or, or before a big race or for some people before they do a speech. Um, and you, you always kind of doubt yourself. I think if you run your own business, there's always kind of that pit in your stomach of like, you know, you know can this whole thing come crashing down any minute? And uh, I think if you, you live with that and not you don't let the fear cripple you, you let it kind of drive you. That's how you know you're thinking bigger and bolder each and every year as you move forward. Number four, every transformation begins with having a conversation rooted in radical honesty with the person in the mirror. When I became this version of who you're hearing today and who you guys see in video and who you meet in person, uh, I was not always this. I, and with the help of my wife as well, you know, calling me on my shit and playing her part in, in my life. But as much as she could chime in, and again, you take people's criticism that they give it to you with a grain of salt. Sometimes it's good advice. Sometimes they're, they're full of shit because they don't know your whole story and what you're dealing with and what you're going through. But every transformation, you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, you know, am I the problem? Am I the one who's fucking up? Can I be better at X, Y, and Z? And that's what I had to do to myself to become a person who can speak on camera, become a person who can have a podcast, who can show up on live TV, who can go to events, who can be somebody that people can listen to and get advice from and look up to. Can I be a person who masters their craft? And I couldn't do those things being the person I was being. I had to change my habits, the things I was watching on TV, the things I was reading, the people I was hanging out with, when I was waking up, when I was going to sleep, what I was putting in my body. 
I was the only person who could make that happen. And a lot of people give us credit. Oh, Jeremy, you changed my life. And again, I, I thank you guys for all the positive messages and the, the Instagram comments and the feedback and the letters. People hand read us letters if you're watching on YouTube. We have them on our wall right here. Um, and it's very humbling, and I appreciate that. I didn't do that for you. I didn't eat the food for you. I didn't do the workouts for you. I didn't have the conversation with your husband and wife you had. I didn't make you get up. I didn't make you go to sleep. You're the people who did that. Now, you might have found me at the right time in your life and it was a perfect synergy and the way that I said it for some reason resonated with you and it cut through all the fucking bullshit and it went right to your heart and you made the change. But you did it. You had the conversation with yourself of why you wanted to be something different and be something more and knew you were holding yourself back. We didn't do that for you. All those transformations start from the self. And it starts with you looking in the mirror and saying, hey, am I working as hard as I can work? Am I reaching my full potential? Am I doing everything I can do to make my life the best life possible? And as Liz Gilbert says, and I quote, I've never seen transformation that didn't begin with a person finally getting tired of their own bullshit, end quote. Or to quote Dave Ramsey, you just get sick and tired of being sick and tired, whether that's you're in debt up your ass or that means you know you're, you're you're living your life far beyond your means. Whether you're 60 pounds overweight, whether you you know you can't quit the drinking or the smoking or whatever shitty habits you have, or you're just not making time for your family, you have to get tired of your own bullshit, and you have to call yourself on it. Your friends can, your family can, your coworkers can, the whole world can. But until you are willing to look in the mirror and realize you are the problem and you are the CEO of your life and your decisions, nothing's going to really change, at least not long term. Number five, don't share your dreams with those who aren't living theirs. Many people live with the pain of untapped potential and they want to see you fail. And even if they don't want to see you fail, I think they just don't want to see you do better than they're doing. And I have never really experienced this to the level I have witnessed over the past five, ten years with friends of mine. Uh, with clients here, coworkers, and uh, with even my wife, um, I—I'll put it this way: my parents, you know, I appreciate them for what they are. They didn't let me die as a kid, so I owe them that always. So Janet Perry, I appreciate you. Now, a lot of times, people in life, you get people who don't want you to do better than them, and they don't want you to live your dreams because they're not living theirs. And I've seen this with clients here and people here, where sometimes those people are your parents. And sometimes those people are your, your quote-unquote close friends. Now, my parents, you know, did the best they could with me. And one of the best things they ever did was they never told me I couldn't do shit. They never told me, Jeremy, you can't try this. You can't do that. They just kind of said, hey, you, you're, you're an adult. You make the decisions. And you live with the consequences of that. And I think I have parents who are happy that I've quote-unquote have done better than them financially. I, you know, I moved away from our ecosystem. I'm on my own. I've built this thing, um, and I did it. And they never, they're not jealous of that. They don't hate on it. In fact, my mom is probably my, you know, biggest fucking fan on the planet. And my dad and his Clint Eastwood Gran Torino way is kind of, you know, humbly the same way. He rocks our gear and our stuff, and, and uh, it, it's awesome. And I truly appreciate it. The point I'm driving at is I've never had parents or friends who thought I was competing with them. Like my best friend, him and I were, were we're obviously we're very similar humans. Now he's a father of three, living in you know Minneapolis. I'm a, a married dude here in Scottsdale who runs my own business. Now 
I, I respect his life, and, and he. I don't feel like I'm competing with him, and he doesn't feel like he's competing with me, and I take so much joy in him having an awesome family and an awesome life, and he does me for my life as well. But a lot of you out there live with parents and live with quote-unquote, and I say quote-unquote friends, who aren't living their dreams, and they don't really appreciate yours, and they're not really... They're not going to fan your flame. They really don't want to see you succeed because they're pissed, they're angry, they're living with regret, and they don't want to see you doing better than them. And it's a really tough place to be in. And if you guys know you have family, you have friends who really don't show you love when you're doing awesome shit, they don't really say congratulations or give you praise, you have to stop sharing your dreams with those people. I'm not saying you have to cut them out with your life. That's up to you how you want to manage that relationship and what box you want to put them in. But a lot of times I see people keeping toxic people in their circle, and those are family. Those are friends because it's like your sister wants you to do good, but not better than she's doing. And that's why I always harp on, like, you know, the material stuff, right? When people get a fancy house or a fancy car. And if you earned it, respect. Buy the shit. Uh, I hope it brings you joy. But your family will see it, and they're like, oh, that's so great. But they're almost kind of mad and salty because now you have nicer stuff than they have. And the minute they drive away from your house, they talk shit about it and they don't really appreciate it. It's uh, it's a weird space to be in. And so if you find you have that or you even feel a little of that is going on in your life, stop sharing your closest dreams with those people because no good can come from it. That's a side note. Number six, operate in a results economy, not a time plus effort one. And where I'm going with this is, with time plus effort, you are limited. In a results economy, you experience prosperity and freedom. And as my man Pat Rigsby always says, like, you get paid for done. Uh, And and the way I look at that is this. I'm going to go a different direction. How I operate my life here is very relationship-based. And how I operate my business is how I operate my life. They might as well, and again, we joke... uh, this guy AC would always call me Jeremy Scott Fitness. He wouldn't call me Jeremy Scott. He would just say, hey, Jeremy Scott Fitness is here. And basically, they're one and the same. I treat the people who work with me here like they're my friends because they are. I treat the people who walk in the door here, our athletes, uh, like they're my friends because they are. It's not just transactional to me. It's relationship-based. I try to go above and beyond for these guys to make them feel like, you know, there's my homies. And yeah, we could work out. Yeah, we could have a beer. Yeah, we could go to a baseball game. Yeah, we could go play golf together. It's all the same shit. I don't want to live a transactional life. I want to live a relationship-based life. When I meet people, I don't meet them and say, what can I get from them? That's not how I look at it. I look at it as what can I provide them? And if they can reciprocate anything to my life, then that's awesome. And I try to give always more than I take. I'm a 51-49. I give 51%. I take 49. I always try to over-deliver to everybody I do. I think if you run your business that way, whether it's... I don't care what you're doing for work. If it's a restaurant, if it's retail, if it's insurance, if you're a a realtor, it's always relationship-based. Don't look at people as just transactions. And a lot of people do that. Oh, so-and-so has this in. What can I get from them? Do you know how many fitness people have messaged me over the years and said, Oh, man, you got on with men's health. Hey, man, how'd you get in with Reebok? Hey, man, how'd you get in with Vitamin Shop? And you fill in the companies that I've, I've worked with over the past, you know, 15 years. And, like, that's a transactional move. You don't give a shit about me. You just care about what I can give to you. And I fucking hate people like that as a side note. And when you guys are going through your life, whether it's running a business or, you know, with friends, with family, with your husband, with your wife, it's relationship-based. It's not transactional-based. Approach everything like that. 
and you guys are going to have so much prosperity, so much freedom, and so much happiness in your life, uh, it'll blow you away. Number seven, learn, learn, and learn. Be obsessed, be coachable, and go all in early on in whatever you're trying to do. More is better, and as you grow, you can get specialized in your training and what you want to do. So if you're looking to start eating better, if you're looking to improve your mobility or your strength or your aerobic capacity or understand finances better or be a better husband or a better wife, be obsessed with learning and be obsessed with being coachable and taking advice and working on the things that you're not amazing at and doubling down on your strengths. And once you get a collective picture of what that looks like, then you can get specialized into the eating, into the training. But for the most part, just be a sponge and just learn. And the way I always hear that is when people say that is, you know, God gave you two ears and, and one mouth. So you listen way more than you talk. I think some of the smartest people I've ever met, uh, they don't say a whole lot up front. And sometimes they have a delay before they speak because they're listening and they're processing. They're not just waiting for their turn to spit some crap out of their mouth. I think if you guys do that, you can A, not only be successful, you can really transform your life and all the relationships in it. Number eight, tap into your North Star every day. It's that vision. It's the compass that keeps you going through the darkness and the roadblocks, the uncertainty and the shitty times. And I'm going to touch on uh, our why here in a little bit, but you have to just know where you're headed. Where do you want to go? Where are you driving towards? What is the ultimate goal of every action you're putting into play? Number nine, own your value. Own what you're great at and stand in your power and sharpen this sword every day. So know your worth, uh, for lack of a better term. And if you're working at a job and they're not paying you what you think you're worth, A, you can go find a different job. Um, and if you can do it better on your own, go do it better on your own. But show your value. If you're working somewhere and you don't feel like you're getting paid what it is, or you're not finding the opportunities, be so awesome and be so great. Let the results speak for themselves. Let your effort speak for itself. And if you do that, you guys are going to be able to demand anything you want. We, it's uh, the Seth Godin book. It's called like uh, Lynchpin. Like you become a linchpin of an organization. Like if you were to leave, that company would be eating shit. They would just be hemorrhaging money or resources or stress because you are just so important and so powerful to them. So I always tell people, you know, you don't have to tell people what you're worth. You show them what you're worth. And you own your true value and own what you're really great at. That's why I say, you know, don't worry about the two or three things you suck at. Obviously be competent in your life at things, but double down on your strengths. If you're awesome at communicating, be the best communicator humanly possible. Like, does that make sense? Like mastering your craft and really just showing your value to the world. And again, you'll be rewarded handsomely for it on the back end. Number 10, giving value does not always equal financial growth. And man, don't I know this is the truth. Uh, you must make offers and be willing to receive your worth. Now, here's how I understand this. We try to put out as much quality free content as humanly possible. Obviously, to you listening, this is what we do. Does that mean you're going to get equally rewarded on the back end with money? Uh, no, it does not. At least not in the front end. At least not in the first quarter, in the second quarter, in the third quarter. But come the fourth quarter, you can start to cash in on certain things. Because when you really, and I always say this, if you want to make more money, provide more value and help more people. That's it. Any business, whatever you're doing is... Just try to be so awesome and make people's lives so much better and so much easier and create so much value for them. They reward you with, obviously, money. 
That's pretty much how things work. Um, but I don't think just you know putting out content and helping people is going to make you rich. There has to be some kind of tie-in on the back end. What problem can you solve for somebody else? And I don't just mean like you know rich in terms of money. I mean overall, like relationships, whether it's uh, adoration, whether it's fame, legacy, whatever you're driving at, you know. What can you do in the world to help other people make their lives a little bit healthier, uh, a little bit happier, uh, a little bit easier? What problem are you solving day to day that can pay you on the back end? I think that's probably the biggest thing. And this is one I want to touch on with the why. And these all kind of connect here, uh, these last handful. Number 11 is this. If you don't have a why that makes you emotional, you need to spend time unlocking it. Without this, you won't last. I'm going to repeat this because it's powerful. If you don't have a why that makes you emotional, you need to spend time unlocking it because without this, you will not last. If you're just doing a job for money, I don't care what your salary is. They could put out a million bucks a year. If you don't like what you do and you don't have an emotional connection to it and it doesn't provide you something other than just the dollars that show up in your bank account, you could get a million bucks a year salary. And at the end of the year, you'd be like, you know what? I need to raise because this isn't doing it for me, because there is no emotional connection to it. If you are a person trying to make a transformation just to eat better and, and train a little bit harder or be more consistent with it, and you're just doing it to you know look better, you're not going to make it. It's not emotional enough to you. Your why is not important enough. You don't give a shit at a, at a deeper level that's going to cut through when things get rough, when things get hard. You don't know what your North Star is. You're just saying, oh, I just want to have my body fat be lower, but I haven't really done it because it's not emotional to you. You don't give a shit. It's way too hard to see it through for the surface level goals. It has to cut fucking deep to keep going. I live this every single day. I started this with a thought in my head and a fart in the wind. And that's how Jeremy Scott Fitness got created. And I wasn't super creative with the name because I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but it was emotional for me. This means something to me. People, and again, if you ever like read the Simon Sinek, why book people don't buy just what you do. They buy why you do it. People don't buy what companies do they buy why they do it now certain things are just commodities i understand that but they're buying why you do something because you care about it that people don't come here just to get sweaty people don't come here just for the exercises we're not we're not making up new exercises here like i'm teaching split squats i'm pushing a sled i'm riding a salt bike every decent gym in the world should have you split squatting and pushing a sled and riding an assault bike it's not it they don't come here just for my nutritional advice. It's tracking macros, at a deficit for fat loss, at a surplus to gain weight, and eating real food and not abusing your body. Any decent fitness professional should be teaching the same shit. That's not why people come here. They come here for why I do it. Our goal is to help inspire you guys to be inspired, to live a healthier, happier, overall badass life. That's why we're doing this. And the why has to matter. And it, I lead from the front. And when you hear me talk and speak and you meet me, you can tell I give a fuck about it. And I care about almost nothing else. That's why people come here. So if you out there are listening to me and you're trying to make a transformation in your life, 
with how you look, how you move, how you feel, with your finances, with your wife, with your family, with any goal you have, it has to be emotional and your why has to almost, you know, for lack of a better term, bring you to tears. The reason we're paying off our house is not just, and, and what I mean is paying it off as fast as we're paying it off. And I'll, I, I cannot wait to share the story with you guys because it's, it is an emotional one for me the more I think about it and the more I'm in it. But there's no way I could have talked my wife into doing this and, and be making these giant house payments and chunking this stuff down and paying off our house at ages of you know 33 and 36 when most people for honestly never fucking do it or do it in their late 50s. It's emotional for me. I watched my dad do it. Literally, like I remember the day that he he shows me the amortization sheets, and I, I I'm gonna get the exact numbers from him, but I, I think he wrote a check at the time for like twenty thousand dollars. Now my dad never made over fifty grand in a year, so for him to acquire twenty grand at one time is pretty fucking impressive. And I remember he's like, I wrote this check, and he showed it to me, and then, and he he's he's Clint Eastwood from Gran Torino, so so mind you, he's not. Not a, a cheerleader by any means, but uh, I remember him showing it to me, and I was I was so impressed by it, because I was like, "How did you come up with twenty grand and write a check?" I was like, "Holy shit!" I was, and I knew he was proud of it because he doesn't share a lot of things like that, and I could just tell, you know, this was a major accomplishment for his life, and it's really fucking impressive. And I remember just like him showing me and the look on his face and, and, and looking at the whole sheet and he had the, the huge stack because if you guys obviously if you have a mortgage you know it's this huge stack of paper which lists out every month you've ever paid for the duration of the loan. He paid it off early and it was just like I couldn't believe it and at some level I was so impressed by it because at the time I was like I don't even understand how I could ever even buy a house. And, and I, I swear to God, you guys, like, I literally didn't even think, like, I could ever acquire enough money to even purchase a cheap-ass house, let alone pay off the house I'm living in today. And so it, it's emotional for me. Even when I speak about it today, like, it matters to me. Like, it it means something more because I watched him do it. And on the same note, my mom just, and, and her husband just did it last Friday, actually. Uh, my mom's 59, I think, and Dave is somewhere in there. They're, they're late 50s. Uh, and they just did it last Friday. So now I've had two parents do it. And at some point, it's it's not to, you know, one-up them or to best them, but I, I watch them doing it. It's something I admire, and it means something to our family and, like, the legacy of us. And so my wife knows that. When I speak about it, I'm so passionate about it. Not only that, it sets us up financially for the rest of our lives, and we don't have debt and stress hanging over us. But the point of me sharing this entire story is it's emotional for me. It's It, it cuts deep to watching my dad do it and, and, and see in the pride and the emotion he had sharing it with me. And, and watching, obviously, my mom and Dave do it a week ago, it's impressive. And that's what I mean. If you want to make a transformation in your life, if you want to accomplish huge goals that are important, you have to unlock why the fuck it matters to you so much. And it can't just be surface-level vanity bullshit. It can't be to impress others. That will not keep you going. I promise you, my wife would never be on board for this. Because it's way too hard, it is not super fun, at least, you know, and, and parts of it are, but the journey of it is tough. You have to communicate, you have to budget, you have to talk, you have to drill down in order to keep going, especially when you can get distracted by so many, you know, new shiny objects and, and little fun things along the way. And it's the same thing for you guys who want to lose 100 pounds. Food tastes so good, there's so many social events, there's so many fun things to go to. The why has to be emotional in everything. I need to do this 
for myself so I can be healthier and happier, so I can play with my kids, so I can watch my family grow up, so I don't have to work for 70 years. Whatever the goal is, it has to cut deep because without that, you guys, you will not make it. I would have quit, you know, probably 25 times over the last 11 months uh, if it didn't mean something to me much deeper than just telling you, hey, I paid off my house early and I got to, you know, I have extra bucks to, to, to have every month to invest. It, it can't just be that. It can't just be for other people. It can't just be for surface level reasons. It has to cut super fucking deep if you want to make a transformation in your life. Number 12, you must learn marketing, sales, influence, and communication. Unless you outsource these things, you have to learn them. Now, you can be the best in the world at what you do, but if nobody knows about it, you're going to lose in the end. Now, a lot of you are listening to that and you think this you know, connects to just business. It doesn't. This is relationships here. Now, hear me out. You must learn marketing. You must learn sales. You must learn influence and communications in life. When you go on a date with somebody, what is dating? Think about it. For those of you, I haven't been on a date in 11 years, so I've been out the game for a while. I'm an OG. But when you go on a date, you are marketing your best self. You were selling them on a reason they should go on another date with you. Because obviously the end goal is probably to be in a relationship, have sex, or somewhere muddled in between there. Your goal is to influence them a certain way. And your goal is to communicate with them openly. So when you go on a date, you're marketing your best self. You're selling them you. You're selling them, here's me. Here's who I am. Here's what I have to offer. And you communicate that the way that you speak to them. And in business... If you're the CEO, I guess you can outsource those, but in life, you can't outsource that shit. You're marketing yourself every single day. You're selling yourself to the world. You're influencing people, for better or for worse, whether you believe it or not. If you're a, a husband or wife, brother, sister, mom, dad, um, you're influencing your kids. You're influencing your coworkers and the people around you one way or another. And Some of you have great influence, and some of you don't have much at all, but just know what's happening. And how you communicate is one of the most important skills in the world. It doesn't always have to be verbal. It can be written. A lot of things are nonverbal. How you carry yourself, how you look, your mannerisms, how you smile, the littlest things in the world. And I always use fitness as the example. It's any business, really. But I have fitness friends who are really good at what they do. They're equally as skilled as me in coaching movements. They understand biomechanics. They understand kinesiology just as good as me, if not better, honestly. Um, I have friends who understand nutrition down to the cellular level just as well as I do. Some of them even more so than me. But yet, the world's not going to know. And the world's not going to care because they can't market, they can't sell, they can't influence, and they can't communicate their value to the world. There's a lot of people out there in a, if you want to talk to dating world, some amazing women out there that are single. And there's some really great guys out there that are single too. Um, and the people I'm talking, like if you want to be a George Clooney, I'm not talking about you. You know, go out and live your life. But if you're trying to get married, you know, and be with a partner and create some kind of life with somebody else, you can be the best catch on the planet. But if you can't market, sell, influence, and communicate that to another person, you're going to be alone forever. 
It's the same thing in business. You can be the best at what you fucking do, man. You can be a master at your craft. You can be the best mechanic, the best doctor, the best realtor. But if you can't market, sell, influence, communicate, it's all for nothing. You have to go all in and learn those skills. Number 13, be careful who and what you say yes to. Remember, every yes means you're saying no to something else. And a lot of times that's saying no to yourself. I'll repeat that. You have to be careful who you say yes to because when you say yes, you're saying no to something or someone else. And if you guys know me, I'm not a people pleaser. Um, I come here, I die for this craft and our people here and I love them and it's part of my legacy and it's what I do and I get joy from it. It's my oxygen. But I'm not a people pleaser. I rarely do things outside my own ecosystem. I rarely do things that I don't want to do anymore. And that's, you know, the benefit of working 100 hours a week for 11 years. You can do and say whatever the fuck you want. Nobody can tell you otherwise. Now, I am married, so there is that, and there's a give and take with her. But my wife and I communicate openly, and there's certain things I'm willing to die for, and there's certain things I will do for her to make her happy, and there's certain things I won't do because I'm just not willing to do it because I can't say yes to her and say no to myself. I can't always... You know, I can't put other people always before me because then I suffer. It's like putting your own mask on first. If I'm suffering, I can't help other people. And what I mean by this is the people pleasers out there who say yes to everything, to every event and every person, even when they know deep down they want to say no. And every time you're saying yes and giving in to everybody else's wants and needs, you're saying fuck you to yourself. You're saying no to yourself. You're doing you a disservice, and you're never going to be your healthiest, your happiest, your most fulfilled, your most motivated, your most inspired, and the most content you can be if you're always saying yes and trying to make everybody else happy. You cannot do that. You will suffer, and you will never live your best life. So please be careful what you say yes to, and just understand it's okay to say no. Everybody is not for you. Every opportunity and every event is not for you. You don't need to be invited to every party. You don't need to be friends with every single circle of people. And sometimes you're you know, deep friends with others and sometimes you're surface level friends with others. And that's okay. Everything is not for you and it is okay to turn things down and to say no and not go to every event, every happy hour, every party and every opportunity. I say no to so much stuff at this point, you guys. And I'll do a different podcast on... All the brands and companies and things I've turned down because they don't either align with my goals uh, in my schedule and what I want to do. So you guys can really get a glimpse of it and understand. And I'm, I'm not saying this to, this is not about me sounding great, but I, I do turn down a lot of money. And I mean a lot of money to push products and do events and things that just really don't align with me and who I am. And that's it's tough to do because obviously I could have probably paid my house off, you know, already at this point. I, well, I easily could have paid my house off already at this point if I took, you know, two or three deals this year alone. But they didn't align with who I was and they didn't align with my why of why I do this for a living. And it, they didn't align with me being the authentic me. And so if I was saying yes to them for money, I was saying no to myself and what I believe in and what I believe you guys you know, should hear and see and be doing with your life. And so it's a different podcast altogether. But just know you can't say yes to everything and every opportunity is not for you. Number 14, 80% of creating the results you want is learning to navigate the uncomfortable emotions that come with growth. 20% of it is tactics. 80% of all the shit you guys want to get done comes down to you just funneling through the uncomfortable emotions that come with growing as a person. 
20% of it is actually putting the pieces into play. And obviously you have to have the tactics, you have to have the skills required to transform your life or your business and your relationship. But 80% of that comes with you just fighting through the emotions and understanding that you know people are going to say that you've changed and people aren't going to understand it and they're not going to grow at the same pace you're going to grow with. And I'm not asking you you know, to get rid of these people in your life, but understand there's going to be some uncomfortable emotions and things that you're dealing with as you transform as a person that your friends and family are probably not going to understand. It's going to come down to you having to have uncomfortable conversations with them and they're going to look at you different because you're going to eat differently, drink differently, wake up differently, go to sleep differently. You're going to have different needs and wants and you're going to be spending your time doing different things and that's okay. But just know you're going to have to navigate that if you really want to transform. A lot of people think it's just the technical skills, and it's not that. Teaching technical skills is simple. Teaching somebody how to squat is basic as shit. Um, teaching them the behavior to squat when no one is around multiple times per week, that's the tougher part. 20% is tactics. 80% is the behavioral skills and the emotions that come with growing. Number 15. If you quit at the first obstacle, the first adversity, the first launch, when no one cared or bought, you didn't want it bad enough in the first place. And I'm going to share a story here really fast. If I would have quit at the first obstacle, the first adversity, and the first product launch I did online, I would not be talking to you guys today. I'm not saying I wouldn't be in fitness but it wouldn't be at the scale it is. There wouldn't be a 47-day transformation. We wouldn't be doing a 50 days of fitness challenge. We wouldn't have came up with you know, the 15 other programs that we've birthed since then. I wouldn't have done a podcast because the first couple episodes, nobody fucking <laughs> listened at all. And uh, the first time I, I create a, a product online, like a, a real transformation program or offering, uh, I did it with Kim Mays. We created this 10-day program. Uh, I remember filming all the videos. There's a full follow-along videos. I sat with our cameraman, Sean, on a Friday night at peak performance before I even had my own gym and filmed all these videos. I'm talking like dripping sweat. I had an earphone in my ear, a little iPod in my pocket because that's the technology I had at the time. And by the time the the sixth video, I think it was like six, was it six full follow-along videos? Yeah. Like by the time the sixth video was there, I'm just dripping sweat. You can see my shirt go from light blue to dark blue. Kim comes in, films her nutrition stuff. We do the promo stuff, get all the graphics made. She makes the stuff look super sexy on the food part. I do all the fitness stuff. We put it together. Probably spent, you know, the better part of two months doing this, you know, after working 17-hour days, filming these videos, putting it on Infusionsoft, creating all the graphics, spent probably $10,000 if I'm being, you know, conservative saying that's probably honestly more and we launch it I'm like we're going to crush the world and the product the entire product in the first week sells 500 bucks and of that 500 bucks I think my mom and probably three friends are 90% of it probably have two organic sales and that was my first online offering now our online business can crush our in-person business because we reach people all over the world in multiple countries and we can scale it however the hell we choose to but if i would have quit at the first obstacle the first adversity and the first launch this won't be happening i don't do this just for the money i don't do this just to be fake famous on the internet i do this because i give a shit about it and i want it 
I want to really help people because I think I have a gift to cut through a lot of the bullshit and the noise to get people to understand what's truly important in a lot of aspects of life, not just eating and not just training. And I did this even when nobody cared. I did this when nobody listened and nobody watched. I've been showing up here coaching groups at 6 a.m. for the better part of 11 years. And I used to do it with one person. One person in a warehouse. That was it. Even before that, I did it with my wife and her friends in parks. And I didn't quit when I would show up on a Saturday and nobody would be there. I didn't quit when the next Saturday two people would be there and I'd show up the next Saturday and then nobody would be there again. I didn't get discouraged. I didn't give up at the first anniversary. I just kept fucking going because I wanted it so fucking bad. I was willing to do anything to make it happen. I would, you know, rather die than fucking quit because I just, I knew if if I really just put in the work and I became better and I trained and I, and I went through the shit, it would just be part of the origin story. So listen to me out there. If you are trying to lose weight, if you're trying to be more mobile, if you're trying to write a book, if you're trying to pay off your house, if you're trying to retire, if you're trying to get out of student loan debt, whatever your thing is, you can't quit when things get tough. You can't quit when you don't have an audience. You can't be discouraged just because you're only getting three views or three likes or you have two comments. If that's what you're thinking, you don't want it nearly bad enough. If you're willing to quit right up front, you don't give a shit about it. This all again all comes back to the why. It has to be emotional for you and it has to really matter because you are going to get discouraged so many times along the way. And if you're thinking about quitting, you don't have a why and you don't want it nearly bad enough. Number 16. This kind of goes into the business aspect of this. You have to stop hoarding cash as a business owner. You have to be comfortable with letting your money pour into the things that are going to make you better and move you forward. Abundance is giving and receiving. And the way I look at it is this. Now, obviously, if you want my, we have, we have multiple podcasts on finances and how I live my life and how I went from dead broke to being this person today. And I do think you have to have probably like three to six months of emergency expenses saved in your personal and your business accounts, whoever you are, just so in case the world goes black, you can sustain and survive and you're not, you know, up to the tilt. That's why I don't understand, like when the average car payment in America right now is $530. I'll say it again. The average car payment right now in America is like 530 bucks. It was the last stats I had. I think before that it was like 507 and now it's jumped up to 530 in 2019. I'm not telling you guys how to spend your time and money. I'm really not. But if you're a person and you don't... uh, First of all, I would never have a car payment. I don't understand that. Like, I would fucking walk before I had a car payment. And I mean that because you could take the same 530 bucks and invest it from ages 30 to 70 and you'd have about $3 million. Do you understand that? Let me say it one more time. If you are a person who has a car payment that's $500... If you took that same 500 bucks and invested it from ages 30 to 70, you'd have about $3 million, give or take, depending on the you know, index funds or whatever mutual funds you chose to buy. That's insanity to me. So what I'm saying to you is when you run a business, especially if you want to be successful, the point of the business is not to pay you to buy fancy shit. I, I need to be crystal clear here. If you want to have a successful business that cash flows and that runs and that keeps either A, growing to scale it or two, to create you a lifestyle that you really want to live. The goal of the business is not to buy fancy cars and houses and shit with it. The goal is to invest money into the business 
to make it streamlined and more efficient and to invest money into yourself, whether that be into personal development, into books, into staff, into resources, into learning to be better. You have to be uncomfortable. You have to be comfortable spending money doing that and not just reaping all the benefits of the money you made today. Because it might, the economy might not always be running at the same scale it's always running. That's why I say for people, and again, I'm not judging you guys. I'm just giving you my two cents of how I'm able to do this and live this life. And what I mean is be not stress-free, but I have so much less stress than other people in my space. I have so much less stress every single day than people who are making the same amount of money as me. Because I don't leverage it buying dumb shit. I'm creating an ecosystem, I'm creating a lifestyle, and I'm making myself better. I want to make myself the commodity. I want the business to be running as seamlessly and as smooth as it can. And I think you guys have to get to the same place. I would rather, you know, have less stress in life and more happiness than just have a bunch of fancy stuff. And I think a lot of times people who are running a business or get into work are just confused. And again, I'm not judging here, but all the material things in the world they don't bring less stress. They don't bring a ton of happiness. A sense of freedom, a sense of you being able to dictate the lifestyle you want to live, that's what really does it. And for me, how I look at our business, my business doesn't exist for Jeremy to have fancy cars. It exists to help people. It exists to make them better. And so I would rather give away you know, $10,000 worth of free t-shirts then drive a fancier car. Now, that's just me. Because when you think about it, well, Jeremy, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. You could be driving this, and you gave away all these shirts, and you don't get any money back from them. No, I didn't get any money back from them up front. But what's the ROI of you giving something to somebody else, expecting nothing in return? Giving them something that makes them feel good, that, that fits nice, that they like to wear, that gives them confidence, that they can work out in, is worth way more to me than a certain vehicle I could drive. And selfishly, if you understand business and marketing, if you're getting 10,000 people to rock your stuff all around the world, wearing your stuff, believing in what you believe in, there's monetary power in that on the back end. So that's what I choose to invest money in. I don't just hoard cash to make myself feel fancy and important. I do it to invest back into myself. What course can I take? What can I read? What can I study? What can I learn? What can I give back to these people? What can I go without so these guys can go with? What's going to make them feel like they're part of the community? What's going to put a smile on their face? When we do the thing for breast cancer we did, and we, we created all these shirts, and I funded it obviously all myself, we're supporting a great cause. And now, we didn't just donate, I could have just donated the money to donate it. I created a shirt so people can wear it, so they can bring awareness to other people, not about Jeremy Scott Fitness, about breast cancer itself, and they can touch others beyond that. There's power in that. That's what we use our cash for to make the business and the community stronger than just being fancy to the outside world. Number 17, at first, your dream is about you, but as you go on, it will be about others. At first, your dream is about you, but as you go on, your dream will be about others. I'm living proof of this. I'm the first person to tell you guys, they'll say, why did you get into fitness, Jeremy? A, I was the first transformation person. Because I saw the power of it, honestly, of, of how eating better and living better and cutting out shitty habits in your life can take you from being a dead, broke, unhealthy loser to being the person you guys listen to 
essentially every single day here. And when I first started it, it was selfish. I just didn't want to hate my job. I didn't want to hate my nine to five. I didn't want to dread my Mondays. I didn't want to have anxiety every Sunday night like I did in fucking school because I hated school so much. I just wanted to do something selfishly for me that brought me value, that brought me joy, that I enjoyed going to every single day. Now, that's the selfish thing for me. That's how this really started. I saw the power of health and fitness of what it could do for me, and I thought, well, if I can transform myself, maybe I can help transform other people. And so the selfish part of me said, I just want to like every day. I just want to enjoy my life. So on some level, this dream and this business and this life started just about me. But as I went on, I quickly understood it's much more about other people. And there's a selfish aspect to that too because I do get a high off of helping other people do things that they weren't doing before they met me. As a teacher, as a coach, as an educator, I get some in some strange way that to me is more important than money. When someone sends me a message and say, hey, uh, you know, my, my kid died last year. I listened to your podcast. I read the stuff you put out and it really helped put me in a place to get through that. Do you know how much more important that is to me than making an extra $20,000? I can't even describe it to you because that's it cuts that fucking deep for me. Or when someone says, hey, Jeremy, you're the reason that I show up every single day and I eat right. Or because of you, I quit drinking and now I'm, I'm making these habits instead. The amount of feedback and messages and people is why I do it. And this business may have started about being just about me and my life, but as it's went on, it's become so much more about everybody else. And the relationships I've created with them, these people are my friends. Uh, I never thought, I really, and that's why I say like I really do, for all the shit I've had to eat in life and the, and the fucking stuff I've had to put up with, which everybody does. So again, don't feel bad for me. I just, I got it just as bad as you guys and we all have our own, you know, uh, ghosts and demons and shit we have to deal with every day. But with that said, I feel like I'm one of the luckiest people to, to ever be on the planet for the sake of, I grew up in this ecosystem, what we call the Nopturny. I got these 35 guys that I've been connected with for 25 years who were all, you know, really good friends. And it's like, we don't, even if we see each other once a year, it's like they never left. And very few people have that. That doesn't exist. Very few of you guys still talk to 35 people that you played basketball with when you were seven fucking years old. And I have that. And I realize every single year it goes on how special it is and how special those people are and this thing that we created. And essentially, but by you know freak accident or, or maybe subconsciously doing it, that's what Jeremy Scott Fitness is. Jeremy Scott Fitness has become the adult version of the Nopturny with complete strangers that we come together and we share this bond. And it's not just what we do, it's why we do it. We all share a common thread and we're all like-minded people. And so in a way, I've created another ecosystem where now I have 200 really good friends, 300 really good friends, 700 really good friends, whether they be on the internet or in person. So I do it for everybody else. And I feel guilty sometimes here when I can't be here. And, and I'm going to share this real story and I'll let you guys go. But the, the point of this point 17 was your dreams in life, you guys are going to start being about you. And as they go on, they're going to be about other people. And I almost feel, and again, I'm working through my own shit with this. I 
one of my good friends, uh, my homie Nick, and we call him Kid Rock because, A, he looks just like Kid Rock and basically lives just like Kid Rock. Um, you could drop him off in a crowd of 100 strangers and he'd be their best fucking friends uh, within 10 minutes. So needless to say, him and I's personalities are completely different because I'm trying to be invisible when we go places and he's trying to be, you know, Kid Rock when he goes places. But he got uh, he got me free tickets to Aaron Lewis, which um, if you guys know Aaron Lewis is, he's the lead singer of Stained. Does his own thing now, and uh, I've been I've seen Aaron Lewis live three times now, and it literally if you ever get a chance to go, it literally is the most impressive thing because he sings uh, so many so many other people's songs if you if you request it, and uh, literally sounds just as talented acoustic and live as in person. Literally, there's no difference. You couldn't tell if a CD was playing or if it's him singing live. It really is amazing. But so Nick asked me if I could go and it was on a Thursday night and I had been working like crazy breakneck uh, hours the last like 16 days. The concert started at 8 p.m., which if you know me, is extremely late to start a concert. Uh, I had been up since 4 in the morning and uh, I said, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to go. Jay, can you cover for me? I'm going to go to this concert. And I felt guilty not being here for our people because I'm typically here Thursday nights. I have a couple you know, PT people and then we come and we do the groups I felt guilty every time I'm not here. I feel a guilt of like I should be here for every group and every single thing. Now, obviously, at this point, it's not realistic. I can't coach every group and do the internet and do the marketing and the sales. I can't do all the pieces anymore because it's just too big. There's just too many times. There's too many people, too many clients, but we have to serve. But I feel almost like a feeling of guilt there because I feel like I want to be present for these guys. I want to show up for them. And that's my own two cents that I'm fighting through. And that's why I say it comes down to your why of why you're doing it, why you care about it. And the dream is not just about you. It's about other people. So if you really want to have an impact in this world, in this life, in a culture, in a community, as a coach, as an educator, if you're running a business, you have to really give a shit about it. Not to the point of where you feel guilty that you've worked 100 hours in the week and you want to go to a concert for three hours that night. It shouldn't be that. And that's, again, that's me dealing with my own shit. But those things are important. And understanding like everything you do, you guys, in a transformation, there's going to be give and take and there's going to be balance. But just know the, the raw truth of it is this. There's never been a better time in human history to take control of your life. To take control of where you work, how you work. You guys are able to create freedom, meaning, and autonomy with what you do for a craft Again, in your personal and professional lives. And a lot of people bitch and complain about the economy and the world or, you know, there's not that much opportunity or it's too competitive. Um, You're living in the greatest fucking time in human history that has ever existed to work where you want to work and do what you want to do for a living. Um, You can move where you want to move. You are literally restricted and bound by nothing. You can create this amazing lifestyle and freedom that has so much meaning and you can have as much autonomy as humanly possible if you're just willing to work and put the pieces into play. And all that starts with you transforming you and who you are and your skill sets and how you communicate and how you think and how you act and how much work you're willing to put in to live a 1% life. But you can't bullshit it. You can't half-ass it and you can't quit when things get hard if you really want to be in shape, if you really want to be mobile, if you want to really be rich, if you want to be financially independent, if you want to have an amazing marriage, if you want to be a great parent, if you want to be an awesome brother, sister, uh, you know, son, daughter, husband, wife, whatever it is, you have to be willing to put in the work and you have to be willing to transform. And I think if you put these, you know, 17-ish transformation pieces into play, it'll keep you guys moving. And it'll keep you connected and allow you to create a life that you probably only dreamed of. But just 
again, take it from me, a guy who was broke, unhealthy, unhappy, and, and probably the most, you know, pessimistic, negative fucking dude on the planet, short of a handful of people I grew up with, um, to the person I am today, filled with perspective, gratitude, and, you know, the healthiest, happiest, you know, version of me is, you know, today and every day moving forward, so... Hopefully these helped you guys uh, and enjoyed them. I know I got in a couple of rants, but that's how I roll. If you're in iTunes right now, stop. Don't be a lazy ass. Drop me that five star. Leave me a comment. I truly love seeing what you guys write. Uh, I appreciate it on all levels. And if you think this can help anybody, please share it with them because the casket effect of you doing that goes far beyond your reach can ever imagine. If there's anything else you want to hear on the podcast, shoot me a DM, send me a message. I'm happy to record it. And until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please, you guys, just keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.